0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Oh, hi, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. I hope you all are having a fantastic um, Wednesday. Wednesday? A great day. It wouldn't be that hard to just look, but uh, I like to live life on the edge, man. Got a little bit of a wild side, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I just get a little crazy. Is it? I don't know. Might be. What if it's not? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I, you know, pray for me. Anyways, got a bunch of different questions. I don't know how many we're going to get through because I don't know how I'm going to ramble. How long I'm going to ramble. That's that's sort of the theme of the show in general. Not like this episode. I mean the Packernet Podcast. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, it's not a bad way to go about it. Just have like a week's worth of stuff ready to go and just uh, just talk about it. it takes a lot of the pressure off. Set the expectation really low for your audience. And uh, you can't miss. And Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But if you make the net the size of the the entire ice rink, did you really miss? The answer is no. You made all of your shots. And then you win. Anyways, welcome to the show. So because it's the off season, this is also um, a common theme. It goes a little bit like this. Stop me if you've heard this. I've talked about this before, but I want to elaborate One of the things that, um, let's say, is common among more pessimistic Packer fans, which I'm not a massively pessimistic Packer fan, but I can kind of go that way a little bit. It depends what crowd I'm running with. If you're in some of these super, super optimistic Packers groups, I am definitely a more pessimistic person. But um, there are worse out there. But one of the big things they like to do, maybe you like to do, I don't know, as I've always said, you fan however you want to fan. I don't care. If being angry is how you want to be a fan, awesome. Do that. But one of their favorite things to do is to point out the weaknesses and make it doom and gloom. And I think off-season and draft time are real big times for that. It's one of the times in which there's the most optimism right before, like right before that free agency flurry. Because then it's like, oh man, just imagine if we had da-da-da-da-da, and then we don't get the guys we want, and then it's doom and gloom. And then shortly after that, it's kind of like, well, you know, the more optimistic people come in like, dude, just imagine us with these guys. And then the draft is the same thing all over again. Oh man, if we get this guy, and oh man, what if we get this and trade up and trade back and then do a twist? You know, and then we get certain guys, and it's like, oh, we didn't get that one position. Now... This is a unique season in which free agency and the draft turned out in which we didn't get anybody we wanted. But, uh, you know, some people are excited about Kirksey, and that's great. handful of people really excited about, uh, well, whatever, it doesn't, we don't have to relive that nightmare. But anyways, I'm combing through Twitter, because you've already heard my take on the fact that it's kind of silly to just point out one flaw. The Packers don't have a good enough number two, which is the weakest argument I've ever heard. Now, I get that one from the standpoint of it seems like we can't operate with just one elite wide receiver. But my stance on that is the same as my stance on what I said about the defense. And if you're new to the show and you don't know what I've said about any of these things, let me narrow this down for you really quickly. Most teams don't have elite number twos and they manage just fine most teams don't have as much talent on defense and still manage to do a better job on defense. In other words, I'm tired of the excuses is generally my stance on this. All right, we look at a a lot of... In other words, a lot of Packer fans look at the defense and say the reason we failed so miserably against teams like the 49ers is because we only have Kenny Clark and Zedarius and Preston and Amos and Savage and Kenny Clark, or excuse me, and Kevin King and, and Jair. If we had you know and and uh if we had a an upgrade over Blake and another a second really good defensive tackle we wouldn't have these kinds of problems that's such a ridiculous way to look at it not saying it wouldn't be nice to get another defensive tackle or a better linebacker in the draft or any of that stuff let's let's stack as much talent as possible let's do this thing 100% but the problem with that is the only way that makes sense is every single team that has success or just doesn't get absolutely trounced by the 49ers is a team that's just stacked everywhere. And that's literally not the case for any team. For example, the lowest scoring game for the San Francisco 49ers was Week 7 against the Washington Redskins. Do you know who they have as a pass rusher? Or linebacker? Or safety? Or corner? I mean, The, the only good player on this entire defense, well, now they have Chase Young. But prior to that, was the one guy I've been saying is not that good and is overrated, and that's Landon Collins. And I stand by that. He's massively overrated. He's not anymore. Now nobody talks about him. But back when he was a free agent, everybody talked like he was some kind of a walking god. But he's by far the best defensive player on this defense. But strangely, Washington has always put up a fight. Defensively speaking, they've always been this kind of tough-nosed, kind of, it's a culture thing. And it's a very old defense, so a lot of these guys have been here for a while. Kerrigan, Ionidas, Payne, Allen. Those guys have been at that front line for a long time. But okay, that was clearly a really weird game for the 49ers that had nothing to do with Washington. The second lowest game was against the Baltimore Ravens, a team that has to have a really good defense. Let me ask you this. Off the edge, would you rather have a group that consists of Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gary, or Judon, Ferguson, and Bowser? What do you think? This is a team that also drafted Patrick Queen because their linebackers are so garbage. I know they got good players on defense, no question, but I'm talking about their defensive front, right? We got steamrolled on the ground. That was our biggest problem against the 49ers. They didn't even bother to throw the ball because we couldn't stop them. They just now recently added Calais Campbell, but they didn't have him last year. You, are you getting my point? It, it's, it's, the excuses are, are dumb. It's not true that you have to have a perfect team before they start playing well. Guys just need to man up and play well. And it's especially not true that although you're going to have some bad games, although you're going to have some down games, although you're going to have some players that just don't really pull their weight and are going to need some help, right? Kenny's going to have to play one and a half times the normal play of a normal person because the guy next to you is only playing a half a guy. Oh, well, that's how football works sometimes. Although all those things are true, it's not necessarily true that you have to give up 5,000 yards on the ground. Right, A bad day doesn't have to consist of just being absolutely embarrassed. There's no reason to be that bad at anything. I mean and and everybody was that bad. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. Some people actually had pretty good games that day, but it just got overshadowed by the fact that Zedarius just got smacked around, Kenny got smacked around, Blake was a ghost. He may as well have not have been on the field. Preston got embarrassed. Everybody especially up front got absolutely embarrassed in that game. So, and the 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 flip side of that is I don't care if we draft a Patrick Queen. You drop him in that mess that we had last year, it doesn't do anything. If you go up against a team like the 49ers or the Eagles, and that which is the other part of this argument, it's not just that the 49ers are so good compared to our defense, which is not good enough. The Eagles aren't that good. But they just steamrolled absolutely ste Chargers as well. Is that is that a Super Bowl caliber team? I don't think so. Steamrolled the Packers. It's an attitude issue. It's not a quality of your team issue. It's a man-up issue, and they, and they know that, and that's, that's the thing, and I've, I've hammered this point a thousand times, but Zadarius even has, has pointed that out. They all look back at the, at the 49ers game as motivation because they know they're the ones that messed up. I mean, just look at the fact that they changed up the schedule of when they go to California because they didn't want the guys to get themselves in trouble. I don't mean legally, but I'm talking about you go out a day early, everybody goes out partying, and now everybody's off. So we have to change the schedule to cut off an entire day, which is a bad idea. We have to do something that hurts the team because it probably is going to hurt the team less because these guys can't make good decisions. Look, talent only gets you so far. Heart, discipline, intelligence, a lot of this stuff takes you the rest of the way there. And it's great that Matt LaFleur came in and everybody really likes each other and it was a big party, but sometimes that gets in the way a little bit. Maybe these guys, and it, it, listen, it is a very, very young team, and that's exciting. But what's one of the hallmark issues with young people? The issue that I had, the issue that you probably had, the issue that now that I'm a parent, I'm looking at it like, how in the world am I supposed to explain this to my kids? Because they're not going to get it. My oldest is 14. I know I can say the words. She's not going to hear it. I mean, she, she'll she pretend she does and and she's fine now. She's four, Wait, wait! I'm just trying to tell her over and over and over again, because by the time she's 16, 18, not going to get it. What is that thing? It's that thing where you think you're going to live forever. It doesn't matter. Life just goes on forever. You remember how long a year used to be when you were a kid? It was an eternity. I'm only in my 30s, and a year is like nothing anymore. Like, oh yeah, a year from now we're going to do this. Like, okay, yeah, sounds great. That'll be in about five minutes. It's July 1st, and I'm already looking at it like, dude, it's going to be winter soon. I'm already dreading winter. It's July. It's, it was like 90 degrees yesterday. But you got 22-year-old football players and the, the notion that you better buckle up because you're going to be looking for that second contract and, and you know your career's going to end one of these days and you're going to want to have won a Super Bowl. Dude, these guys just got their they they just became millionaires and they're young and now they're all best friends and it's this group of guys that are all friends and they're all super super rich and super super famous. And they all kind of live around each other and it's, it's, it's I mean how would that not be a party? I'm not trying to, to say that they're worse people than me. I'm saying if I was their age and as rich as they were and, and like, you know, they were all suddenly my friends. I went to college. I was poor. All it took was for me to get away from my family, have about five bucks in my pocket and make a group of new friends with uh, not a ton of oversight. Guess how many bad decisions I made. But, but the, the point is, it's more than talent, it's not just well. If we just drop uh, another linebacker in there, uh, Super Bowl. If we got, if we had Jerry Judy, if we'd have traded up and got Jerry Judy. Yeah, we would have won the Super Bowl. But no, we got Funches. I I hear you, man. I get it. It's a bad excuse, though. And I'm not going to go through every single team that doesn't have a good number two wide receiver because I've done that already. The point is, no more excuses. And this this falls really squarely on Matt Lafleur. Aaron Rodgers. You two guys have to make this work. Aaron and, and LaFleur, between the scheme, the play call, and Aaron's decision making and accuracy, you need to be able to make this work. It's not true that every good team just has like three, four, five wide receivers. That's just, it's not a thing anywhere, ever. With the exception of the 2010 Green Bay Packers, it's just not a thing. I mean, and, and it's even on the elite spectrum. The the Chiefs have holes on their offense. It's not a perfect offense. It's a great offense. And mostly it's predicated on the fact that they have elite pieces. Not because it's a perfectly well-rounded roster. And the thing is, the Packers have elite pieces. Depending on how you want to, you know, elite might be overstating it. I I, I just made the case that Rodgers technically shouldn't be considered elite. But you know what I'm saying, right? One of the better players at the position. But Bakhtiari is elite. Devontae, I think you could make a case, is elite. Aaron Jones, you can make a case, is elite if we're just basing it on top three, top five. Rodgers is in a little bit tougher company. But anyways, as I was saying, I was coming through uh, Twitter, and I saw Peter Bukowski had put up something that kind of illustrates the point that I've already made a bunch of times, but kind of puts it in a little different perspective. He says, how many teams have at least one elite player at every premium position? Quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive tackle, and edge rusher. He says, I think there's only one team who would get near unanimous selection. Immediately, one team comes to my mind. It's the team I've been telling you for a while is the only real team. And and listen, there's been a lot of teams in the past that have had very well-rounded types of rosters. But at this particular point in time, one team immediately came to mind. But I I had somebody from the Facebook group reach out, Ben. And um, as I said, I get a lot of people that offer to help, and he's just kind of said what can i do and i said all right i got a little project for you i gave him the tweet and i said you go out and you find the team or just you know however he wanted to do it i don't really care what he found or how but he came up with actually a pretty cool little um little way of doing this essentially he started with quarterback he listed every quarterback that he felt was elite i'm not using this as the bible in fact i'm going to do this myself but this is just the conclusion he came to but he started with every quarterback that was elite, and then when he went to wide receivers, he said, of those teams who has an elite wide receiver, and then of the remaining teams who has elite corner, by the time he got to corner, there's already only one team. In and of itself, that's kind of crazy. Now again, this isn't uh, the ultimate standard. I'm saying you have to listen to his conclusions. In fact, I would encourage, this is one of those things I would encourage the group slash listeners to go out and do. Some of you will probably conclude the Packers should be included on this, and I think you've got to, kind of you know okay case but let's just real quick run through his conclusions now he said he omitted the green bay packers because bukowski's tweet says the packers weren't the person he was thinking of so i guess he was just trying to narrow down who bukowski was thinking of i'm kind of curious what he would have come to had uh had he left the packers on but anyways here are his list and don't punch me in the face this is his list of elite um quarterbacks Drew Brees, Saints, Chiefs, Mahomes, Ravens, Lamar, Buccaneers, Brady, he says debatable, Seahawks, Russell, Texans, Deshaun, Falcons, Matt Ryan, Lions, Matt Stafford. I know everyone's going to riot because he put Lions, Matt Stafford on here, but he's going to be gone very soon anyways, so relax. Of that group, he goes on to say the uh, Falcons, Julio, the Saints have Thomas, the Chiefs have Tyreek, and the Buccaneers have Mike Evans. So most of that group. Then when you get to elite cornerback, it's Marshawn Lattimore with the Saints, and that's it. Interestingly enough, though, elite offensive tackles, Saints, Ryan Ramzik. Ramcheck, Ramzik? Whatever. And then elite pass rusher, the Saints, Cam Jordan. So not only are they the only team remaining on the last three categories, but they check all three boxes. And I would actually agree, this is the first team that comes to mind, because I've looked at these teams, and the only team, again, that I've said, that has a full roster is the Saints. Now, I've never done this actual exercise, and I want to actually do it with you right now. Again, sorry if you're hearing a hissing sound in the background. That is not something I can control. If you'd like to help with the sound quality, it's very simple. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. For as little as a dollar a month, you can um, help me buy a new house (laughs) so I can get out of here and get a nice little area to do a podcast. That isn't in my dungy, ridiculous basement. That was a joke, but you could still jump on Patreon. As I've said, and I do want to take a break here as soon as I turn my alarm off, after I punch my phone right in the face, interrupting my podcast every day. But as I've said, I can see that on my thing. It's so loud. I'm going to turn the mic down. Turn the mic down and just talk a little louder. How about that? Maybe that's helping with the hissing. I don't know. But if every single person here... I know it's not going to happen, but just just, just listen for one second. And we'll take a break and we'll do this. For real. For real. For real. Every person that's listening, give a buck a month. This just became my full-time job. It could be my job tomorrow. Just jump over to Patreon, man. A buck a month. That's it. Think about it. I know. I know. Times are tough. Maybe some of you don't have a dollar a month. That's fine. If, if almost all of you Give a buck a month it's game over, man. Is it selfish? Yeah, it is. but again, um, it's very important to me that at some point in my life and again, we're going on year four here i uh, I'm doing this podcast on a beach just i I have I, I'm not I, I'm envisioning it. It's a cheap card table, kind of all off kilter because it's in the sand and it's on the good side of the beach not like not like in Florida on the east coast. We're not talking Atlantic where you got the real smooth kind of hard sand. It's still going to be, you know, I'm talking like West Coast where it's just real fluffy sand. There's a laptop sitting there and I'm close by the water. Not too close, but close. My back is to the water. I'm wearing a cheese hat and I'm doing a podcast for no reason because there's not even video just because I can. Is, is it so wrong that I want that to be my life? Is that so terrible? Do you hate me so much that you want to deprive me of that? I've also considered having a friend come down and, and set up a grill on the beach. I don't even know if that's legal, but he's going to set up a grill. He's going to be behind me, and he's going to be grilling food. And maybe I'll turn the camera on just so I can do the podcast with a cheese hat on, on the beach, my friend is behind me, grilling food. I just want the American dream. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know... Just, it's fun to picture, isn't it? Wouldn't that be fun? Maybe you're not doing a podcast in your dream, but I am in mine. Ooh, the thing stopped. I'm going to turn the mic back up a little bit. All right, let's take a break and uh, get back to whatever it is we were talking about that was less important than my beach dream. Patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. As well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only? Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Here's another thought. I wasn't supposed to be talking about this on the other side of the break, but here's the other thought. Live shows of the Packernet podcast, and it's an excuse for you to come to Florida. Some of you live in Florida, but I'm just saying. Plus, traveling show. This week, we're going to be setting up on the beach in Florida. Next week, we're going to be in Texas outside of uh, Jimmy's barbecue shop. Jimmy doesn't know about it, but that's fine. It's none of his business. Well, actually, it is literally his business, but the business doesn't even exist, anyways. So get out of my dreams. Traveling Packernet podcast show, and uh, you can you can visit. So you can be a part of this. Come watch me eat barbecue and do the, the do the podcast, anyways. All right, let's do this. I'm gonna do it my way, which is actually Ben's way. We're gonna do it Ben's way, but but my my. Anyways, here we go, and I'm I'm going to be overly generous. And yes, I'm going to use PFF because I want to try to be as just... I'm taking myself out of the equation because my opinions shouldn't matter in this. And I want to include as many people as possible to try to get all the way through this whole thing. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to look at top 10 quarterbacks last year. Again, top 10 is pretty generous if we're talking about elite because there's 32 teams, so we're talking top third. But whatever. This is what we're going to do now. So we've got Again, Ryan Tannehill. I know a lot of you don't think he belongs. Again, casting a wide net here, because I'm trying to prove a broader point that there's not a lot of teams left. Um, Drew Brees, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady. Pretty similar to the list that was just given. Matt Ryan is out, and uh, Kirk Cousins is in. Otherwise, basically the same list. Also, Tannehill's in. I'm looking at the rest of the quarterbacks. I don't know where there would be a lot of dispute. Some people would say, Dak, he's 11, close enough. He didn't make the list, though. You want to fight me on that? Whatever. Matt Ryan, he hasn't really been elite in a while. Carson Wentz is way off this list. There's not a lot here to work with. So that's our list. Of that list, we're going to do the top 10 um, wide receivers and see kind of who's left, I guess. So the top 10 receivers, as listed, are... Uh, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay, Julio Jones, Atlanta, Michael Thomas, New Orleans, DeAndre Hopkins, Houston, Terry McLaurin, Washington, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City, Amari Cooper in Dallas, A.J. Brown in Tennessee, Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Now, a lot of people are going to be upset, and there's going to be people that are left off. What about whatever, but that's the list. right? Allen Robinson, he's close, didn't make the list. Kenny Galladay is close, he didn't make the list. A lot of people are insistent that Tyler Lockett is an elite wide receiver you can believe that again that's that's on you to make that case i know he's good i don't think he's Devonte adams tyreek hill mike evans julio good he doesn't belong in that category so tennessee stays because they have a.j brown i know a lot of people don't want it, but whatever i mean it was it's his rookie year and he did a fantastic job so tennessee even though people agree with probably or disagree with probably both counts stays new orleans stays baltimore shocker shocker does not now they do have a tight end so maybe you could include that but i'm not going to we're sticking with the format baltimore is already gone seattle is gone minnesota is gone kansas city stays because of tyreek hill detroit is gone green bay stays because of Devontae houston stays because of hopkins although hopkins is now gone so i guess we have to delete houston don't we since we're kind of looking forward anyways, and then New England is a joke, so we're going to delete. Although it's it wouldn't be New England, it would be Tampa, so I guess we'll keep that. So going through two, we have one, two, three, four, five teams left. Kansas, uh, Tennessee, New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. Just looking at elite quarterbacks and elite, and again, elite in this context is top 10. Top 10 quarterbacks and top 10 wide receivers. Who even has that? Five teams have that. We're nitpicking about having a, a decent enough number two, and we're the, one of only five teams with an elite wide receiver and elite quarterback combo. Again, I, I just am tired of the excuses. From the Packers organization, e- even from Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's not, he doesn't complain all that much overtly, but he's made it pretty clear, I don't have the help I need, and the national media has backed him up and pampered him. Well, he's never had the help he needs. Yeah, could have maybe done a little more. Fine, whatever. Also, he's probably had it better than most quarterbacks, so both things are true. Maybe could have just gone all in and didn't, which is, by the way, the only reason we've had sustained success for so long is because Ted Thompson never pushed all the chips in. If he had, we wouldn't be having any of the success. What success? We've been trash. No, we haven't been trash. No, trash is what happens when you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're close to winning a Super Bowl, you push all in at the wrong time, and now you're probably going to get the number one overall pick next year. That's trash. Anyways, for the sake of keeping Green Bay on for a while, we're going to do offensive tackle next. So the top ten offensive tackles in order. Ronnie Stanley, Baltimore, unfortunately off the list. David Bakhtiari with the Packers. Laramie Tunsell at Houston, unfortunately off the, uh No, they are on the list, right? I was thinking, oh no, Hopkins left, so they're off the list. Jason Peters in Philly, not on the list. Teron Armstead, New Orleans. Jake Matthews, Atlanta, not on the list. Andrew Whitworth, LA, not on the list. Anthony Costanzo, Indianapolis, not on the list. Ryan Ramchek, New Orleans, again, on the list. So they have two. And Orlando, Brown, Baltimore, unfortunately not on the list anymore. Who's left? New Orleans and Houston. Jeez, I can't even... What am I talking about? New Orleans and Green Bay. That's it. Kansas City does not have an elite tackle. You know, I mean see now i'm tempted to just leave them on i think i might because people are going to throw a fit about that as is taylor Lewan, by the way their numbers 11 and 12 i'm just going to keep them i'm breaking my own rules but I, I, I want to do this right and they do have very good tackles let's just keep them so we're going to erase tampa all right let's do edge rushers next because again i want green bay to stick around as long as possible the top 10 tj watt in pittsburgh not on the list zadarius smith is number two number two overall pass rusher feels so good to say that Uh, Number three, San Francisco, not on the list. Number four, Cincinnati, Carlos Dunlap, not on the list. Number five, Joey Bosa, Chargers, not on the list. Number five, J.J. Watt, Houston, not on the list. Number seven, Daniil Hunter, Minnesota, not on the list. Number eight, Cam Jordan, New Orleans, on the list. Number nine, Jadavian Clowney, doesn't have a team. Number 10, Justin Houston, Indy, not on the list. And in this case, if you're looking for Kansas City, nowhere on the list. Well, they do have an elite pass rusher, yes, they do. He's so good, he's one of the greatest, he's so good. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling just trying to find the guy. Oh, here he is, Kansas City Chiefs, number four. Oh, wait, no, that's Emmanuel Ogba. Never mind, let's keep scrolling. Here we go, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, wait, Terrell Suggs is number 67. Where is, oh, there's Frank Clark, ranked number 74 overall. I try to tell, I, listen, everybody was freaking out about Frank Clark last year. Oh, you got to get Frank Clark, he's so good. And I'm like, he's not that good. He's got a lot of hype. I don't get why he's, why everyone loves him so much. The Chiefs get him, which again, they already had the two best pass rushers in football. They gave them up because they their switching scheme. Get Frank Clark. It's a ridiculous thing. He's number 74 overall. I'm not putting the Chiefs on this list because he's number 74 overall, just because most people are wrong about how great Frank Clark is. Get out of my face. PFF had him third on his own team. 47 pressures. 47? You want me to put him on this list? Are you out of your mind? Again, Zedarius had 93. 47? We didn't play a full year. Okay, well, a lot of people didn't. Get over it. Anyways, after you go through all that, and by the way, continuing on, Tennessee's highest is Harold Landry at 46, so they're off the list. So that brings us to Green Bay and New Orleans. You know what the funny thing is? Not one of them had a top 10 corner. Now, I agree with the sentiment of how talented uh, Mr. Marshawn Lattimore has been. However... His best year was his rookie year, and grade-wise, he's gone down every year. He was second on his own team behind Janoris Jenkins as far as overall grade. He had kind of like Jairi. He had a ton of pass breakups at 10, but he allowed three touchdowns, 587 yards, 85.8 completion percentage, which is good, not great. Again, just going off the grade, he's not even close. In fact, the Packers are better. You've got three guys that are Green Bay Packers before you get there. You got um, Tremont, who is probably not going to be on the team. You have Chandon Sullivan at 25, and Jair at 26. But, didn't make the squad. So, even, forget the term elite, just top 10. According to PFF in 2019, not one single team had a top 10, which again, regardless of position, just means top top third, really. Well, no, because every team has three, okay, fine. But there's still only 32 teams, so if you're a... If you're a number 1, every team only has one number 1, right? So top 10 among the top corners. So if we're saying Jair, he was 26th. But just think about the fact that the Green Bay Packers considering Jair was higher than Lattimore, you could almost make the case that if we're just looking at top 10 players across the board, the Packers have the best core of players on the team uh, in the NFL. Now, stuff changes. Again, I just did an episode yesterday about how Zadarius is going to take a step backwards. Doesn't mean he's going to be bad. Doesn't mean he's outside of the top ten. By any stretch, just not quite as good. However, Jair could easily jump into the top ten, as could Kevin King. It's entirely possible, and I don't see David Bakhtiari falling out of the top ten. Aaron Rodgers has no reason to believe he'll fall out of the top ten. I mean, he could, if we could say that he's going to continually decline or whatever. But I think there's a real good case to be made that he's going to take a big jump if this offense really does change and he embraces it. We've talked about that as well. And devontaes he, he's hes another thing we looked at a couple weeks ago. He's gone up every single year, and last year was his best year. And I think we even, I even pointed out his best game ever was in the playoffs this past year. I think it was against Seattle. So I don't know that we've seen his peak. I mean, when your peak was two games ago, um, not sure we've seen it yet. And if that is his peak, I, yeah, I'm good with it. But he, there's no reason to believe he's about to fall off. He's not 30. He's playing the best football of his entire career. And these are the most important pieces. And again, look at the rest of the roster. So, so we've already established there isn't a team. And if you want to argue, that's fine. You could, you can say the Saints. You can say the Packers. You can, you can say different teams if you want. I don't think you can say Seattle, even if you want to include Lockett or even Metcalf, who had a really good portion of the season fine um are you gonna say trent brown who's their pass rusher they don't really have one but look at the fact that green bay maybe has one of the best cores but that doesn't even include kenny clark that doesn't include amos and savage that doesn't include kevin king that doesn't include funches who yes i'm gonna put him in the good category I, i i don't know if i've done this yet or not but in terms of number two wide receivers he's actually up near the top And that also doesn't include Alan Lazard. It doesn't include Elton Jenkins. It doesn't include Corey Lindsley, who's one of the best centers in all of football. It doesn't include Aaron Jones, who's one of the best running backs in all of football. The team is fine. I know we didn't get all the guys that we had hoped, and we didn't add the pieces we had hoped. I really wish they would have gotten a better line. So do I. And, uh, you know, maybe a better tight end than DeGuara, although I am very excited about DeGuara because of his fit, because of his experience and all that. I'm super excited about it. I wish we could have kept Balaga. Yeah, I do too. I wish we could have upgraded our wide... Yeah, that would have been great. I agree. Another defensive tackle. That would have been cool. No question. Although you're not going to be as worried about it if Rashawn takes a step and it becomes Rashawn and Preston on the outside and Zedarius and Kenny on the inside and it's just smash you in the face all day, every day football. I'm not going to mind. I don't think you're going to mind. I think we'll manage with that. There's probably... Th- 31 teams out there and I'm just saying that to, to leave a little cushion I can't think of another team but there's probably about 31 other teams that would love to have something like that I'm telling you man if, if Rashawn takes a step and he is he is more gifted than anybody on this team he, he's he's it doesn't automatically translate but he is gifted beyond gifted I posted a, a video of him actually I, I retweeted a video and it was just really a video of, of his hustle. He just absolutely flattens a tackle. And then, you know, it was a run play, so he turns around, he, he like hops, does this weird little hop around a guy, and then chases somebody down from behind. And it's, it's I'm, I'm not even kidding, I swear I thought that video was sped up. I'm like, this isn't re- it, it doesn't look real. The way that he hops around the guy is like, that, that has to be sped up. There's, physics says you can't do that. But then look at Preston. Preston is still trying to get off the tackle by the time Rashawn makes the hit, and he smashed the guy. He's got so much raw talent. It's just disgusting. He's got to learn a couple pass rush moves. He's got to learn some counters. No question, but you look at the combination of raw power and speed, he has the kind of talent to be the best pass rusher in football, and I'm not just talking about a fleeting one-year deal. I'm talking about the best. Not necessarily predicting it, but he's, it's, it's there, man. Maybe he's just a massive bust, entirely possible, but what is this defense if you got Gary, Smith and Smith and Clark? We don't have to sit around and pout and cry and whine and moan because oh we didn't get a better wide receiver. Dude, I don't care. And again, this, this that the, the offensive portion of this falls on Matt LaFleur. You gotta make this work. This is fine. You got a better offensive line than most of the teams in the NFL. You got a better quarterback than most teams in the NFL. You got a better number one than most teams in the NFL. You've got a solid group of number twos, Lazard and Funchess, and between Lewis DeGuara, and Sternberger, you should be able to f- cobble something together. This is not a "woe is me" offense. This is not a "woe is me" defense. It's not elite. It's not perfect. Well, in some cases, it is elite. You can find a team or two that's better in certain areas. Maybe overall, Saints, again, Saints have a... But who cares? That, that's the other part of this equation. The Saints really do probably have a better overall roster in terms of less holes, maybe some better things here and there, you know, whatever. They got smashed by the Vikings in, in the first week of the playoffs. They didn't even get as far as the Packers did. It just doesn't matter. Just make it work. I think the 49ers have a better roster than... I think most teams have a better roster than the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs roster. You couldn't pay me to take the Chiefs roster. They won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid made it work. Hey, I got a quarterback. I got a tackle. I got a wide receiver. Um, That's it. That's just the whole team. Well, we got two tackles. Excuse me. And Kelsey. The rest of the offensive line isn't great. We don't have a running back. Don't really have a number two. I mean, if Funchess isn't a, t- a number two, neither is Watkins because Funchess actually is about as good as Watkins, arguable if you want it to be. Clark is massively overrated. Our defensive line outside of Chris Jones, who for some reason, apparently they don't want to pay him, is just its just this such a bad team. Oh my God. It drives me nuts that they won the Super Bowl. But the, the Patriots did too. Patriots have tons of holes everywhere. Won the Super Bowl every single year. Every year you look at them like, "Oh, they're done this year. They're garbage." Brady's 500 years old. They don't have this. They don't have this. They don't have this. They don't have this. Boom, Super Bowl. Just make it work. That's it. That's the story, folks. Make it work. Again, I would encourage you to go through this, do your own thing. You don't like my methods, you don't like PFF, you don't like Ben's method, whatever. F- however you want to do it. Find the team that I'm not even talking about a perfect roster. I'm looking at, and you can even drop wide receiver if you don't think, pick whatever positions you think are core positions that you have to have. Then pick whatever players you think fit that mold and find me a team that has those elite pieces. You can probably do it depending on your, your, where you're at, but even if you can, the team probably has holes everywhere. It's one of the best things and one of the worst things about football is that it's completely unpredictable. But that means we, we although we can't sit here and say, I know they're going to win because anything could happen. We also can't sit here and say, well, they're never going to win because they didn't do enough. And the doom and gloomers who know we're not going to win because we didn't go out and get a linebacker, dude, come on. Again, fan how you want a fan, but I'm I'm still going to come here and tell you you're being silly. And that is, I'm so glad I said that because there were so many words that came across my brain and somehow silly came out at the end after I just like pushed a bunch to the side. That's what fell out. I'm very proud of myself in this moment that I just said silly and because I respect you as a human being. I don't want to say mean things, but you're being a little, little crazy. That's a little crazy. Talk to me about the Chiefs linebackers. Can you name one? I'm looking at PFF right now, just looking at their roster and I see Hitchens and Wilson. Their grades are 44 and 50. 60 is average. 44 and 50. Defensive line consists of Clark at 63, which is above average, barely. Uh, Tano Passigno at 50. Um, Alex Okafor at 48. Chris Jones at 87. Their corners, Bashaud Breland at 55. Ward at 65. And then Tyron Matthew, who everyone seems to think is elite, at 75. 16th overall. Juan Thornhill, their rookie, at uh, 71, which is good, not great. And Sorensen at 59, below average. There's nothing here. There's only three players on this entire defense that graded out even as good. And they won the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. You don't have to make it perfect. Just make it work. It's about develop a... And, and this is also why Lafleur 100,000% needs to make this his system, his, his way. 100% his way. Because it comes down to your system. Make what you do work. Andy Reid makes what he does work with this. He said, this is my system, and I can make it work with this. And granted, when you have Pat Mahomes, you can you got a lot of leeway. Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill cover up a lot of, of issues in Travis Kelsey. That little trio there is ridiculous. But he's but he's got a system, and he's got a way of playing football, and, and it works. And the defense, despite having not a lot of talent, they make it work. They can stop teams, and they can force three and outs, and they can get interceptions. They can do all this stuff with this because they've got a system. Matt LaFleur has a system. He has to implement it. And the guy's got to get on board. If we can do that, there's no no limits. There's no limits. No restrictions. More than enough talent. Just make it work, man. That's it. Anyways, I hope you folks have a fantastic day. Once again, please consider Patreon. There is a link in the description. If you have trouble finding it, let me know. I will help you. It's worth my time to do that. Otherwise, if you're not interested in that, a five-star iTunes review would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Any way to show your support is is awesome. If you want to do like Ben did and just be like, hey, give me some homework, I'll give you something to do. That's fine. There's always work to do. Just show up. Tell me what you're good at. If you're not good at anything, I'll just give you some grunt work to do. Otherwise, as always, tell your friends. Tell grandma. Force your kids to listen. They're your kids. You tell them what to do. That's how it works. Just make sure they each listen on a separate device so I get you know each individual listen. Don't listen together as a family. Go in your room. Listen to the podcast. Don't come out till you're done. You're not getting dinner because you didn't listen to the Packernet podcast. You, you want to live in my house? I don't know. That's, that's just what I say to my kids. You do whatever you want. They're your kids. Trying to tell me, relax, she's three. I'm the Pack Daddy around here. Anyways, it's enough, uh, it's enough nonsense for today. Time to get serious and go do real work and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, I still have one of those real jobs. But have a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.